It's me, Birdie, the conductor of the story train. I'm the one that wears a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front, and my favorite overalls. All aboard the story train. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station, and you know what that means. We're going someplace new. One whistle. We're on our way. I wonder where Story Train will lead us this time. We're entering the Rainbow Tunnel. Hold on, everyone! It's off to far, far away. This is so exciting. Just on the other side of the short Rainbow Tunnel lies our destination. That was quick. We're already at the end of the tunnel. Oh yay! I'm so glad. We're back on the banks of the Congo River to find out what happened to Keo, the laughing hippopotamus. We heard about how Keo, the laughing hippo, had agreed to come back in a year and a day to spend the rest of his life working for a young man named Gooey. What do you think will happen? I can't wait to find out. Today's story is part two of the Laughing Hippopotamus. As Gooey lay in his hut or hunted in the forest, he heard at times the faraway guck 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 of the Laughing Hippopotamus. But he only smiled to himself and thought, a year and a day will soon pass away. Now when Keo returned to his mother, safe and well, every member of his hippopotamus tribe was filled with joy, for the jolly one was a general favorite. But when he told them that in a year and a day, he must again go to work for the human named Gooey, they began to wail and weep, and so many were their tears that the river rose several inches. Of course, Keo only laughed at their sorrow, but a great meeting of the tribe was called, and the matter discussed very seriously. Having sworn by the tusks of his grandfather, said Uncle Nicky, he must keep his promise. But it is our duty to try in some way to rescue him from this life of labor. To this all agreed, but no one could think of any method of saving Keo from his fate. So months passed away, during which all the royal hippopotamuses were sad and gloomy, except the jolly one himself. Finally, but a week was left of freedom for Keo, and his mother, the queen, became so nervous and worried that another meeting of the tribe was urgently called. By this time, the laughing hippopotamus had grown to an enormous size and measured nearly 15 feet long and six feet high, while his sharp tusks were wider and harder than those of an elephant. Unless something is done to save my child, said the mother, I shall die of grief. Then some of her relations began to make foolish suggestions. But presently Uncle Nep, 
a wise and very big hippopotamus said, "We must go to Glinkamok and implore his aid." Then all were silent, for it was a bold thing to face the mighty Glinkamok. But the mother's love was equal to any heroism. I will myself go to him if Uncle Nep will accompany me," she said quickly. Uncle Nep thoughtfully patted the soft mud with his forefoot and wagged his short tail leisurely from side to side. We have always been obedient to Glinkamok and shown him great respect," said he. "Therefore, I fear no danger in facing him. I will go with you." All the other hippopotamuses snorted approval, being very glad they were not called upon to go themselves. So the queen and Uncle Nep, with Keo swimming between them, set out upon their journey. They swam up the river all that day and all the next, until they came at sundown to a high rocky wall, beneath which was the cave where the mighty Glinkamok dwelt. This fearful creature was part beast, part man, part fowl, and part fish. The Glinkamok had lived since the world began. Through years of wisdom, it had become part sorcerer, part wizard, part magician, and part fairy. Mankind knew it not, but the ancient beasts knew and feared it. The three hippopotamuses paused before the cave, with their front feet upon the bank and their bodies in the water, and called in chorus a greeting to Glinkamok. Instantly thereafter, the mouth of the cave darkened, and the creature glided silently toward them. Oh, the hippopotamuses were afraid to look upon it and bowed their heads between their legs. We come, O Glinkamok, to implore your mercy and friendly assistance," began Uncle Nep, and then he told the story of Keo's capture and how he had promised to return to work for a human. He must keep his promise," said the creature in a voice that sounded like a sigh. The mother hippopotamus groaned aloud. But I will prepare him to overcome the human and regain his liberty," continued Glinkamok. Keo laughed. Guck, 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 guck. Lift your right paw," commanded Glinkamok. Keo obeyed, and the creature touched it with its long, hairy tongue. Then. It held four skinny hands over Keo's bowed head and mumbled some words in a language unknown to man or beast or fowl or fish. After this, it spoke again in hippopotamese. Your skin has now become so tough that no person can hurt you. Your strength is greater than that of ten elephants. Your foot is so swift that you can distance the wind. Your wit is sharper than the bullthorn. Let the man fear, but drive fear from your own breast forever. For of all the hippopotamuses, you are now the mightiest.
Then the terrible Glinkamok leaned over, and Keo felt its fiery breath scorch him as it whispered some further instructions in his ear. The next moment, it glided back into its cave, followed by the loud thanks of the three hippopotamuses, who slid into the water and immediately began their journey home. The mother's heart was full of joy. Uncle Nep shivered once or twice as he remembered a glimpse he had caught of Glinkamok. But Keo was as jolly as possible, and, not content to swim with his dignified elders, he dived under their bodies, raced all around them, and laughed merrily every inch of the way home. Then all of the hippo tribe held hijinks and praised the mighty Glinkamok for befriending their queen's son. And when the day came for the jolly one to return to Gooey the human, they all kissed him goodbye without a single fear for his safety. Kia went away in good spirits, and they could hear his laughing guck, 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 long after he was lost in sight in the jungle. Gooey had counted the days, and he knew when to expect Keo. But he was astonished at the monstrous size to which his captive had grown, and congratulated himself on the wise bargain he had made. Gooey mounted upon Keo's back and commanded him to march. So Keo trotted briskly through the village, his little eyes twinkling with merriment. The other people were delighted with Gooey's hippopotamus captive and begged permission to ride upon the Jolly One's back. So Gooey bargained with them for bracelets and shell necklaces and little gold ornaments until he had acquired quite a heap of trinkets. Then a dozen men climbed upon Keo's back to enjoy a hippo ride, and the one nearest his nose cried out, Run, hippo, run! And so, Keo ran. Swift as the wind he strode, away from the village, through the forest, and straight up the riverbank. The men howled with fear. The jolly one roared with laughter, and on and on they rushed. Then, before them, on the opposite side of the river, appeared the black mouth of Glinkamok's cave. Keo dashed into the water, dived to the bottom, and left the people struggling to swim out. But Glinkamok had heard the laughter of Keo and knew what to do. When the Jolly One rose to the surface and blew the water from his throat, there was no human left to be seen. Keo returned alone to the village, and Gooey asked with surprise, Where are the others? I do not know, answered Keo. I took them far away, and they remained where I left them. Gooey would have asked more questions then, but another crowd of men were impatiently waiting to ride on the back of the laughing hippopotamus. So they paid the price and climbed to their seats, after which the foremost said, Run, hippo, run! And Keo ran, as before, and carried them to the mouth of Glinkamok's cave, and returned once again, alone. But now, Gooey became very anxious to know the fate of his fellows, for he was the only one left in his village. So he mounted the hippopotamus and cried, Run, hippo, run! 
Keo laughed his jolly guck 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 and ran with the speed of the wind. But this time he made straight for the river bank where his hippopotamus family lived. And when he reached it, he waded into the river, dived to the bottom, and left Gooey floating in the middle of the stream. Gooey began swimming toward the right bank, but there he saw Uncle Nep and half the royal hippo tribe waiting to stamp him into the soft mud. So Gooey turned toward the left bank, and there stood the Queen Mother and Uncle Nicky, red-eyed and angry, waiting to tear him with their tusks. Then Gooey uttered loud screams of terror, and spying the jolly one who swam near him, he cried, "Save me, Keo! Save me, and I will release you forever!" And so Keo did, because it takes the bigger heart to show empathy and kindness. And the Glinkamok had made Keo the mightiest of all the hippopotamuses. It's time for us to head back to Flugerville. Here comes the Rainbow Tunnel. Come back and see me again. You never know where the story train will take us, but it's always lots of fun. If you like stories, search for Go Kid Go wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find lots of adventures. See you next time.